Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. This thing has dumpster fire written all over it. Now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Thanks for the hot take, Ooh. Andrew. You should have your own show. Welcome to episode 112 of the South Sandy Podcast. I'm Andrew Zimmel. We have Alex Funderburk on the show today. It's a long interview. It's a lot of fun. Parker Ray and my Georgia State Connect, they couldn't get on the show, not because they didn't have great content, not because they didn't bring the heat, and not because it's their fault. It's 100% my fault. Here's what happened. I recorded both of their segments in Austin, Texas at 1300 The Zone, uh, the iHeart Complex, and what ends up happening is it doesn't get transferred over, and we have great content now lost to technology. So I apologize to both those guys. Uh, hopefully it will never happen again. Sorry. So we have Alex Funderburg on talking about college football. It's a lot of fun. Uh, great slate of games. We didn't talk about Oklahoma or Houston because neither one of those games went final. There was a couple other things I want to talk about, and we're going to get to those at the end of the podcast. So miscellaneous stuff at the end of the podcast. Alex Funderburg right now. All right, on the phone line right now, we have longtime He's come on this podcast plenty of times now. Alex Funderburg. Alex, can you hear me? Yep. What's up? All right. Let's talk college football. So it was a great day. Uh, we were recording this Sunday night. There's still, I think, one game left to play in college football. But for the most part, the dust has settled. Everybody who's going to win has won. Everybody that lost is a loser. Talk to me about week one real quick. I just want to announce my lifelong fandom for Georgia State and Wyoming. I've been a fan since day one. Um, lifelong fan. Yeah, no, Wyoming no. is the one that worries me a little bit as a Texas State fan. But Georgia State's they beat Rocky Top. Let's talk, just talk Tennessee real quick. Uh, and apologies to Parker and uh, my Georgia State guy who aren't going to be on this podcast because of technical difficulties. So audio was unusable, and here we are Monday morning putting out great content as always. All right, so back to you, Alex. Georgia State beats Tennessee. This is the nail in the coffin for Tennessee football, right? The Jeremy Pruitt's out. There's no way that they're going to keep him around for much longer. Honestly, if they really wanted to shake some feathers, they just do what Malcolm Gladwell has been talking about for decades and say cut football completely as a university and get on a pedestal and just be on their soapbox and say football's bad for the youth and we don't support it anymore. Yeah, no, this I this was... Um... Not expected. Um, I do a piece every week uh, that talks about that previews and recaps all of Army's future opponents. And Army plays Georgia State later this year. And I remember saying in the little, like, I do a snippet preview for each before I give a prediction. I was like, this game's not going to be close. Like, I don't even need to preview this. Um, and I, oh, I did not see that one coming. Um, it was, the score says it was an eight-point game, but Tennessee scored on the last play of the game. It was it was not close going after that fourth quarter was over. It was 
it was something. Dan Ellington was amazing. Um, we can talk about Dan Ellington just be, just because I want to pat myself on the back real quick. I, I went to Sunbelt Media Day. I saw the guy. I said, I think that this is the best quarterback in the Sunbelt, right? He just felt like the quarterback that had the confidence, had the swagger. And I understand it's Sunbelt Media Day, but I have a pretty good track record of reading people. He just exuded confidence. He exuded just everything I wanted to see in a quarterback. And he really took it to Tennessee. That offense really took it to that Tennessee defense. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know if I'd say he's the best quarterback in the Sun Belt with guys like Zach Thomas still in at App State. But, okay, can I tell um, my, did you not listen to the podcast, Alex? I asked Zach Thomas. I said, Are you the best quarterback in the Sun Belt? He said no. So he clearly is it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the humble thing to say. Um You want your quarterback to be humble? No. I that that would be my preference, no. But I I I still think he's the best the best quarterback in the Sun Belt. But I, I, I think Dan Ellington is a strong candidate, especially after how he played yesterday. Um, no, but that game, I didn't tune in like fully until late third quarter. But from what I saw, that offense got whatever they wanted. If, if, they, if they needed the first down, they were going to go get it. Tennessee couldn't really stop them, um, especially in the fourth quarter. It just felt like, Georgia State was imposing their will on Tennessee, which I thought it was going to be the other way around. But I, it was. I'm telling you, Alex, it's weird. And this is not a S. This isn't a Sun Belt Conference podcast. This isn't a Texas State podcast. I'm just telling you that at the beginning of the year, I said Georgia State had two wins last year. This is a six-win team. That it just felt like they were going to win some games that they shouldn't win. And maybe it was Tennessee not waking up on the right side of the bed. Maybe it was Georgia State, everything lining up for him, the stars and the moons aligned for him. But it just looked like and felt like a team. And we both covered, you know, G5. We kind of know a little bit about the Group of Five conference. They are not supposed to be this good. They were supposed to be a team that was going to get rolled over a lot this year. Yeah, no, that was a team coming into the year that I thought was still maybe like a year or two away from from being a bowl like competitive team, but after yesterday, like they can get to a bowl game. I think um, I want to see how they come out next week, though, and if they look at if they look good. Hold on, I'm pulling up their schedule to see who they have next week. Um, where are you? There they are. Next week they have um, Furman and then Western yeah, Michigan. Furman. Yeah, and then they play my boys Texas State on the twenty first of this uh, of September. So. From what I saw yesterday, uh, Western Michigan, yeah, Western Michigan rolled against Monmouth, but that was expected. If they can beat Western Michigan and be three and zero going into Texas State, that'll be huge. Yeah, then no Tex- kidding. <laughs> like, because Texas State, that that should be a fourth win for them if if they are three and zero. And now you're looking at a team who potentially could maybe get to eight wins. If they start 4-0, maybe, possibly, with teams like ULM and South Alabama Coastal, and then maybe shock a team like Georgia Southern or Troy or maybe even Army, like, this team could end up being a Sunbelt, like, title contender. Did I just talk you into them becoming a Sunbelt title contender? I'm telling you, Georgia State, at the beginning of the year, I'm the only person that was saying it. I said, Georgia State, dark horse candidate to win the Sunbelt. Dan is my man. 
and look at where we are now. I'm just saying. Let's talk about another Sunbelt team uh, just because I thought it was kind of interesting because there's a connection to you, and then you don't even know. Scott Frost and Nebraska end up winning against South Alabama. That game was a lot closer than it probably should have been, 35-21. to 21. Uh, Let's get some quick thoughts on that. Scott Frost, I've thought from the beginning, has gotten a rough the rough end of the stick because his system worked at UCF, right? It wasn't he the head coach at UCF? Yeah, it worked great at UCF. I mean, he built he came a in, yeah, it built a culture, and then he comes to Nebraska, and I don't know why it's not working. I don't think I think you got to give him some time. I think he inherited, like you sure yes, UCF did go winless the year before he got there. But you could kind of tell, like there was some promise there in Orlando when he stepped when he when he got it when he got there, and you saw they went six and seven the first year he got there. They went to a bowl game. It's UCF is like one of two schools, and UCF has done it twice now. That goes winless to a bowl game in back to back years, and then the year after that they went undefeated. So yes, it was Scott Frost's system, but he inherited a good situation, in my opinion. And but in Nebraska. Give him some time to get his guys in there. Martinez, he didn't look great yesterday. Uh, 13 for 22, 178, and one pick. Uh, that's certainly not a great stat line, but he's only a sophomore. Like, give him time. He's going to be good. Um, South Alabama definitely hung around a lot longer than I expected them to, um, which kind of scares me for the rest of the season for Nebraska. But coming into the season, I don't know why they were ranked but I think they'll drop out of the rankings now. You think so? I just feel like Scott Frost, he comes in, and the first quote I remember hearing of him was that he had the situation in the offseason where the players were pissing out protein because they were working out too hard, that his system was too hard and that he was having to dial it back. And, I look, a lot of sports talk was, oh, it's a millennial thing, oh, it's – but I, I don't know. I just feel like Scott Frost, the system that he has – is really good for a UCF, is a really good system for a smaller school. And for some reason, players that go to Nebraska, that just they don't fit the build there. And I don't know if it's a Nebraska thing. I don't know if it's a culture thing in the Big Ten. But it, I, this doesn't feel like a pairing that's going to be around for much longer. Uh, I think if he can't get it right this year, if they don't make a bowl game again this year, I think – his time might be up, but I think they're going to get to a bowl. And I think next year, next year is going to be the year that's going to be make or break for him, in my opinion. All right, one more game before we get to the game of the weekend that was Auburn and Oregon. I need to talk to you about my man Sam Ellinger and the Texas Longhorns. So Tom Herman breaks his streak of winless opening games. He lost to Maryland twice, ends up beating La Tech yesterday 45-14. to Sam Ellinger looked like a man among boys. I want some respect on my man Sam's name. Can you give it to me? Um, no. Um, I, I'm not on the Sam Ellinger hype train. Come yeah. on, Alex. He's good. I, I'll give him that. He's a good quarterback. But I don't know if I'd put him up there in the upper echelon of college quarterbacks. All right, let me read you a stat line, and if anybody else did this, you would be cooing over him. 28 of 38, 260, or 76 yards, four TDs, a 90.7 QBR. If any other quarterback in college football did that, we would be saying, wow, early Heisman favorite. Sam Ellinger, no love. What's up? I, I, I don't know. I was looking at a stat line while you were saying it. That's definitely a good stat line. But I, 
I don't know. There's just something about him that I, I'm not uh, all the way a believer yet. And I don't, there's not like a specific thing. It's just when I watch him, I'm like, you don't like get me hyped to watch you. Like there's something about you that doesn't make me excited. You know what, you know what it I'm is, saying? Alex? Is he's a winner. He's a winner. And people automatically, you either love winners or you hate winners. And you're just a hater, I guess. Oh, no, I don't hate him. Like, I don't want him to be bad or anything. Like, if he's good, cool. Like, Texas being back, he's great for college football. But there's just something about him. Like, I don't know. Like, I get excited watching Justin Herbert or guys like that, but I don't get excited to watch Sam Ellinger, if that makes any sense. You know what? I, I can kind of sympathize with what you're saying. The offense they run is probably the most base, not basic, but the most – pro style in the big 12 if that makes sense there's not a lot of not a lot of like running and gunning there's no real rpos it's kind of line up and run the ball well in their case pass the ball i don't know i think that if texas had a running game if they could get one running back like a jonathan gray or somebody like that this entire conversation kind of shifts a little bit you know, the interesting stat that somebody brought up to me the other day was Wisconsin's number two running back, the guy that gets the second most carries in the Wisconsin offense, has outrushed the Longhorn leading rusher every year in the past five years. So that, I think, is an interesting concept to me. I don't know. I think Texas is still one of the better teams in college football. This coming week, the LSU game is really going to what is going to be what makes or breaks them. And if Sam Ellinger has a terrible game. I'm going to end up having cake on my face. If he has a great game, if he has a great game, he's going to look like a Heisman contender. Yeah, no, that, that I, I completely agree with you. If he comes out and has a great game, because Joe Burrow, LSU's quarterback had a better stat line than Ellinger. He went 23 for 20, 23, 27, 278 and five touchdowns. Um, against a team that I think is going to be better than La Tech will be this year in Georgia Southern. Are you kidding me but, right now? Yes. Georgia Southern I'm is being, not going to be better than La Tech. Yes, they will. Georgia Southern is going to be a contender in the Sun Belt. La, La Tech will be lucky to win seven games. All right, we'll see. I, I think State's <laughs> better than Georgia Southern. That uh, I don't know if I'm all the way on the Georgia on the Georgia State hype train that much. Yet. I am a hundred. Dan Ellington, if you listen to the podcast, you should be. You're my man. You're the best quarterback in the Sun Belt Conference. There's not a close <laughs> second, and you're going to lead your team to a Sun Belt title this year. And when you win your bowl game in the New Orleans Bowl, I need you to look up in the stands and see me, one of the 17 people that are going to be there, and point me out because it's going to. I. I I am your number one fan at this point. The number one fan of Dan Ellington is not in Atlanta, Georgia. It's in San Marcos, Texas. I keep telling people that. Hey, I'm glad he has a huge fan. <laughs> but uh, um, I will believe it when I see it. Because last year, well, I'm pulling up the score. I don't think that game was close. And it was 35-14 last year, Georgia Southern won. So, we'll see. All right. if, if, Georgia, if Georgia State can keep winning... I'll get on the hype train. Tell me why you hate. Tell me why you hate Auburn's quarterback Bo Nix. I don't hate Bo Nix. Um, I just think last night I was watching the game and I wasn't impressed. Like his stat line was not that good. Um, and that touchdown to win the game, it was more of a 
bad safety play and a good wide receiver play. It wasn't wasn't a great throw or anything like that. And dude had less than fifty percent, if I'm remembering correctly. Hold on, I'm pulling up his stat line now. Um, no, he, yeah, had, he went. Yeah, he went thirteen for thirty-one, one seventy-seven, two touchdowns, two picks, as a QBR of forty-four. That's not great compared to my man Sam Ellinger. Who had a 90 QBR? I'm just saying. I don't know. I, Auburn. I'm Sam Ellinger over Bo Nix. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn winning that game last night is just continues a streak of them ruining the Pac-12's chances of making the college football playoffs. And when I say this, I mean they played Washington last year and beat Washington, and it was pretty much the end of Jake Locker's career, and it was pretty much the end of Washington's chances of making it to a game that any of us would watch. And now Oregon, the same thing happens. They play Oregon. Oregon was a favorite to come out of the Pac-12. Now they're not going to make it to the college football playoffs because when the committee gets together, they're going to say, wow, this team had one loss in the Pac-12, but their other loss came against the SEC, and we're going to put Georgia in, who has maybe one or two losses, over Oregon because they lost to Auburn. I'm telling you, I can write this out for you right now. You can put it in black ink. Oregon's not getting into the college football playoffs because of this game. But see, here's the thing. So I don't think I didn't have Oregon making the playoffs even if they won this game. I think if anyone comes out of the Pac-12 this year, it's Utah. But weird take, Oregon but okay. Can, if Oregon can win out, I with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit still think they get in. But no. Auburn has to have a, Auburn has to have a good season, though. If Auburn goes Auburn, defeated from this point on, Oregon's still not getting in. No, yeah. Auburn. If Auburn drops, let's say Auburn drops one game this year, or maybe two, right? Two games, because then you really can't you, – you're not going to put a two-loss team over a one-loss team, in my opinion, right? I think Oregon, if, if Auburn only drops two games this year, I think Oregon can still have a chance if they win out. So I want to talk about Utah real quickly because you mentioned it before I let you go. No go team in the Pac-12 is making it into the college football playoffs. Like, it's not going to happen. You, not in our lifetime. Why do you say that? Why because, you A, say that? because, A, nobody watches Pac-12 games. And That's B, a lie. It is, no, it's true. If people watch the Pac-12 games, the Pac-12 network would not be bankrupt. The conference would not be losing money like a, per, a fucking shooting victim, okay? There's blood everywhere, and it's just bleeding them out. And the Pac-12 commissioner is not doing anything to stop this at this point. Unless USC finds out a way to become hyper-competitive and we can get a Trojan team in there, Oregon's not getting in. Oregon State's for sure not getting in. 
Washington State with Mike Leach was the best chance, and they shot themselves in the foot last year. Washington is still not, I don't think, a team people care about enough to watch. I guarantee you that the committee gets together and they say, well, we could put in Georgia, who lost in the SEC championship game. We could put in Oklahoma, who might have a loss. Or we could put in an one-loss Washington team or a one-loss Utah team. It's not going to happen. So, hold on. First, who's in your playoff? Right now, it is Clemson and Alabama. And then I have Oklahoma winning the the Big 12, going undefeated. And I have potentially, and this is a kind of weird one, this is kind of more hope than I think might actually happen. I've got Michigan in there right now because if Michigan doesn't get in, John Harbaugh, or I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh is gone. Like, he'll get fired. So, for his mm-hmm. sake, I'm hoping that Michigan gets in. So, okay. I, I don't think – so, I'll be at Michigan next week. I fly up Friday because they play Army. I'll, I'll be there for that. If Michigan can go undefeated, they're in, obviously, right? Obviously, so, yeah. So, um, I don't have Alabama in my playoff. Well, that's not smart because they've made it every year, and they're uh-huh. they're essentially grandfathered in at this point. No, I think I think Alabama's gonna have two regular season losses. I don't think they're gonna win the West. To whom? Whom is are uh, they losing I think, to? I think Auburn's gonna get them this year, and I think A and M's gonna get them. You are on drugs if you think <laughs> if you think A and M is going to come in and so okay, let's just do this thought experiment experiment all the way out. If a and okay, if A&M is going to beat Alabama, that means a and is going to beat Clemson this week. Is A&M going to beat Clemson this week? No. So a and is going to beat Alabama, potentially the greatest team of the last 15 years in college football. But so they're going to they're going to lose to Clemson. Yeah. And fucking Sonny Dykes over there or what what's his name? Sonny with the long hair, Trevor Lawrence. Love that man. Um <laughs> no, um uh... I think this is Jimbo's year at A&M, which oh. a lot of people don't agree with, but this is my hot take for the year. I'm here uh, for it. No, I think Clemson I think Clemson is far and away the best team, especially now that Alabama lost, uh, what's his name, Moses. Um, now they have two freshmen at linebacker, which against Duke didn't, like, it didn't hurt them. But I think playing uh, those SEC opponents, I think it's going to hurt them. Um, that's why I think they'll drop to Auburn, too, just because that's a rivalry game. And who knows? LSU might be able to sneak. If A&M doesn't do it, LSU could beat them. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think uh, Bama's going to win the West this year. I know that's a crazy hot take that a lot of people are going to call me a crackhead for, but it's something that uh, I think is going to happen this year. I won't say that. I won't go that far. So you don't have Alabama winning the West. What was the other take that you had? Uh. So I think my playoff, because that's what we were talking about yeah. before, right? Yeah. So Clemson one, Michigan two, Georgia three, and I think Utah gets four. See, that feels like the internet hippie, you know, hipster kind of take that Utah gets <laughs> in. No, seriously, it just feels like this Utah team. It's it's not going to happen, guys. It's just not going to happen. The the Pac twelve is not going to get into the playoffs again this year. And then the next time that we need to redesign conferences, the commissioner is out. He's going to get fired because of just how poorly they've been running that conference. No, I, I definitely think the Pac-12 does need help. But 
And I think that's why they toyed around with the idea of having um, noon Eastern kickoffs, just so more people will watch them. I'm glad they didn't do that, though, because I like watching the Pac-12 late at night. Nobody, No, um, hold on a second. You say that you like doing that, but the ratings stink for that. Nobody's watching okay. those games. Okay, but I'm a nobody. I have no life. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the guy... I'm the guy that's staying up all night to watch the Hawaii game that kicks off at 1230. It's you and the degenerate gamblers who are watching those yes. games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, like, so Pac-12, for me, for, for me, keep those games late at night. Um, no, but I definitely do think they need help because, like you said, their ratings are terrible. Um, but I still think – I think Utah's going to go undefeated. And I think they're going to show up to the point where they can't keep them out. You're not going to keep out an undefeated conference champion. Yes, you will. They they will do it. <laughs> if if that happens, then next year the playoffs going to be expanded. Where does Utah play their games? It's Salt Lake City, right? I believe so. They're not putting a team from Salt Lake City in the playoffs, my man. It's not going to happen. If they're undefeated, they're going to have no choice because there's no way that the Big 12 champion is not going to be undefeated. You don't think so? No, I think. I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to do what they did last year. One's going to beat each other, and one's going to beat one in the regular season, and the other's going to get back in the in the Big 12 championship game. All right, let me tell you something. What's more likely to happen? What's more likely to happen? A&M winning the SEC, or SEC West or Sam Ellinger winning a Heisman? A&M winning the West. All right, that's going to do it for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. As always, we're going to be checking up with him every uh, couple weeks to kind of get his college football takes. Again, we it was fun. This was a lot of fun. Uh, That's always fun. Is always is fun. Army going to go undefeated? Before I let you go, is Army going to go undefeated? And if they Man. do, if they do, are you going to have the same? Well, you can't leave an undefeated team out of the playoffs. So obviously, okay, they scared me on Saturday with how they played against, or Friday night, with how they played against Rice. The defense looked great. The offense looked slow to start, but I kind of expected that, but they never really got their footing. Um, I'm nervous for the Michigan game this Saturday. If they can beat Michigan, they'll go undefeated. And their schedule, because the way their schedule plays out, they should, outside of Tulane, they should be able to win every game pretty easily. Um but if they go undefeated and Utah goes undefeated, Utah's going to get the nod because they're going to face more ranked teams than Army will. But if- three length, three loss LSU is going to get the nod over Utah. God, Alex, thanks for no, coming on. No. All right, no problem. It's been fun. All right. Thank you, Alex, for coming on the show. We're going to do some quick hitters. First, we start with baseball. Then we're going to get to a lot of NFL action that happened. Big baseball news coming into you Monday morning, Sunday night was – Justin Verlander, who I didn't think had it in him at this point. I knew he was a good pitcher. Did not know he still had this left in him. He ends up throwing his third career no-hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are not a good team. Justin Verlander is a great pitcher. So it was a perfect match made in heaven. Verlander ends up, I want to have his stats correct right now. He ends up only, he goes nine innings, and he had, I want to say... Uh, like I want to say like 13 strikeouts, something like that. It was something absurd, an absurd amount of uh, strikeouts as well to go along with that no-hitter. So what does this mean for our beloved Yankees? All the Yankees fans that tuned into this podcast and just die to hear a guy 
thousands of miles outside of the Bronx to talk about the Yankees. What that means for us Yankees fans is that Justin Verlander is going to be a problem in the playoffs like he always is. Verlander, one of the only guys with a Cy Young, one of the only guys with a MVP uh, in the same season. He goes nine innings, no hits, no earned runs, one walk, 14 strikeouts on 120 pitches. Incredible, amazing. Justin Verlander still has it left in him. Uh, this was, I want to say, his third. it was his third career no-hitter. And when we look at the all-time ranks for guys with no-hitters, uh, he's only the sixth pitcher in history to throw at least three no-hitters. So he it goes Nolan Ryan with seven, my man Sandy Koufax with four, Justin Verlander with three, Cy Young with three, Bob Feller with three. Incredible company, Justin Verlander. Hall of Famer, first ballot, and he's going to be a problem in the playoffs. And I would just want to give him a shout-out because he's been a thorn in my side, a pain in my ass forever. Because not only now is he competing for a title every single year with the Houston Astros, for years it was a guaranteed loss when he took them out against my Minnesota Twins. So, very tough scene for Andrew Zimmel, but I did want to give him a shout-out uh, at the end of the podcast. So, other thing is Deshaun Kaiser claimed off waivers, uh, the Oakland Raiders, sign him so let's start thinking about what the hell the Raiders are doing and again real quick hitters so now they have Deshaun Kaiser Mike Lennon Nathan Peterman and Derek Carr this is arguably the worst quarterback room in the history of the NFL there is not one quarterback on this roster that if you told me hey Zimmel you need to have this guy compete and win you a game in December am I picking any of these guys I like Derek Carr three years ago Derek Carr in 2019 is not a guy that you want to hit your wagon to, okay? It's a shame that has come to this. It is a shame that we're at this point. But the Raiders now got rid of Khalil Mack, got rid of Amari Cooper, bring in Antonio Brown, a complete head case. Now they bring in Deshaun Kaiser, who was good in college, not great, comes in the NFL, okay in the NFL, not great. He's going to be a career backup. I would never want him to start a game for me like the Packers had to have him start. Mike Glennon washed up. Nathan Peterman statistically is the worst quarterback in NFL history. Why is he still on a roster? What is John Gruden doing? And at this point, it used to be Raiders fans could tell you, hey, you don't get it. You're just not as smart. He was like that really weird kid in your math class who would pick his nose and eat it in fifth grade. And you were like, that's really weird. But everybody was like, well, I mean, he's getting hundreds on the test, so what does it matter? John Gruden has not passed a test in 10 years, okay? Now he's the weird guy in the accounting firm who's picking his nose and eating it. Everybody just thinks he's a weird guy. John Gruden is going to be out of this league very soon. The Oakland Raiders are going to Las Vegas and are going to be the worst show in town, which is saying something because there's a lot of bad shows in Las Vegas. All right, let's talk Los Angeles Chargers. That's never going to get uh, to become normal. So, Todd uh, Telescone, the general manager of the Chargers, I probably just butchered his name. The general manager of the Chargers has informed Melvin Gordon and his representation, so his agent, that there will be no more contract extension talks till the end of the season. What does this mean for Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon, who sat out most of the preseason, sat out all the preseason, I'm sorry, who sat out, is going to claim he's going to sit out parts of the regular season. This means he's not going to get a new contract. And the question is now, is he going to come back? And I had a guy ask me earlier today, is Melvin Gordon good enough to do this? And I said, I don't think so. 
Like, if you ranked your best running backs in the NFL right now, you'd think Zeke Elliott, you would think Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Melvin Gordon is unquestionably the fourth or fifth guy on that list. And at this point, I'm kind of thinking I might take a guy like Derrick Henry. I know that's weird to say. I really like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry at Tennessee is going to be really good this year, I think, uh, especially in an offense that they're going to be running. So am I sure that I'm going to pay Melvin Gordon this amount of money? I'm not. And I don't think the Chargers really need him either. I think that running back position in L.A. is going to be fine. So I get it. You know, your, your owner – you're not you're if you are pro owner in 2019 you're a terrible guy right everybody's gonna hate you if you're pro owner I'm not pro owner I just don't think I would be willing to pay this guy what he thinks he's worth and if we win games shoot we were a playoff team last year is Melvin Gordon going to be that guy that's gonna push us over the top I don't think he is so that's my thoughts on the Chargers situation going on to the Dolphins uh the, they made a bunch of trades this. Uh, they made a bunch of trades this weekend, and it is not going to win them a lot of games. So, Brian Flores, the head coach. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins. They trade away uh, Larry Tussle, uh, Kenny Stills, uh, Kiko Alonso, a bunch of future first round or a bunch of future picks to the Texans. And I'm sorry, they get a bunch of future picks back for the Texans. And they've always said the best person to block for your rookie or your young quarterback is a future pick. That's a joke. You are essentially selling the season for what? Because we're not really sure. You don't know if Tua is going to be as good as you think he is in the NFL. I, I think he's going to be good, but he now has to play an entire season at Alabama. And it, essentially, he's going, according to me, if you ask Alex, that he doesn't think Alabama's even making the playoffs. This is going to be a guy who's going to be playing 15 games this year. So are we sure that he's going to be healthy come April when it's time to draft? You're selling your future for what? You know, I, I don't know. I just think that this is a bad move. I never think it's a good idea, especially in the NFL, to tank when every single season is up and down. We've seen teams like the Eagles be a team that won 13 games, 14 games, Starting quarterback goes down, we all kind of write him off. Nick Foles takes him to win a Super Bowl. Okay, anything can happen in this league. I'm not really willing to throw away a season the same way I'd be willing to throw away a season in the NFL, or in the, I'm sorry, the NBA, or Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, you can kind of throw away a couple games here and there, and it's not going to kill you. You're not Your fans aren't going to leave you if you're, you're the Miami Dolphins or Miami uh, Marlins. You don't have fans, period. But if you're the Dolphins, you haven't been good for a while. You've been seeing Bill Belichick and that team in the Northeast continue just to dominate you every single year. I don't know if I'm willing to make this trade and sell the future the way that they are. So I think that they're tanking. He claims that they're not. I, it just sucks because my man Josh Rosen's over there. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to like, share, and subscribe everywhere. Uh, we're going to come out with new content on Wednesday. I'm bringing on my guy, uh, Kyle Glasser, to talk baseball. We're going to break down Verlander's no-no. We're going to break down the Yankees' playoff mods. Of course, we're going to gloat about the Red Sox sucking. It's going to be a marvelous podcast, so tune into that one on Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.